I don't mean to cite lofty manuscripts and arcane texts here, but just allow me mention the Book of Leinster. It's a medieval Irish manuscript believed to have been compiled in the scriptorium of Tirdach Lass on the Shannon in the mid-12th century, but containing transcribed texts that were far older on matters of genealogy, mythology and literature. Amidst all of this is a diagram of the banqueting hall at Tara, known as Tach Mid Chorda. Now, the layout of this space is described in remarkable detail in a law tract in the Book of Leinster, with notes on the names and the order of the principal guests and the portions allotted to them. At the top are the bards, the poets and harpers, then further down are the luimra, a steersman or a river pilot, or the klasemloch, the performer of tricks, or the krakida, which means the cauterizer for sealing wounds or branding cattle, or perhaps even tattooing skin. And the bregator, which means, well, the farter. Basically, the bregator was a professional flatulist. His job was to pass wind for honourable guests and dignitaries. And this wasn't a uniquely Irish phenomenon. Flatulists appeared at the court of King Henry II in England. And in Japan, farting competitions were held during the reign of the Tokugawa shogunate. But I like to think that the Irish may have done it better than most, as we have such a great range of flatulist-themed words, such as brumini, which means being disposed to breaking wind, and tuhagai, emitting a malodorous fart, and rush, a super strong fart, or, or a volley. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get on with today's story from the Almanac of Ireland. And for this chapter, we're in the woods of Devil's Glen in County Wicklow. So we've done this like heroic drive through a beautiful November evening to get down to Wicklow, drove through Ashford and then up into the mountains, up into the hills to um, find out about a mushroom, one particular wild mushroom that I know very little about, but like there's this allure connected to it. And the mushroom we're looking for tonight is perhaps one of the most misunderstood and even maligned of the mushroom family. Before I mention its name, let me just pause to see, can I telepathically communicate the wonder I feel for mushrooms and fungi to you. Did you get it? For me, these are totally captivating. Some mushrooms can discharge their spores at speeds 10,000 times faster than a space shuttle after launch. Others can push their way through tarmac and lift paving stones. And they can do this despite the fact that mushrooms are really just the fruiting bodies of these complicated networks of mycorrhizal fungi that exist beneath the earth. Cobwebby filaments that exude enormous suites of enzymes, antibacterial agents and antiviral compounds as they grow in the ground beneath our feet. It's head melting. Anyway, back to tonight. The mushroom I'm looking for is probably one you're already familiar with, even if you don't realise it. Hiya. Hello. Hiya, Courtney. Nice to see you. I'm How with Courtney doing? Tyler, who leads foraging courses in the woods of County Wicklow, who will hopefully give us the real story of this mushroom and help me find it. 
I hope so too. We're here in the dark and I was having a hard time seeing anything around us. And so it's the red mushroom with the white spots on it? Yeah, Amanita muscaria or the fly agaric. Probably the most wildly recognised mushroom in the world due to popular culture because we see it in fairy tales and children's books and Christmas cards and any time a mushroom is depicted. In fact, on your iPhone, if you do a mushroom emoji, it's the Amanita muscaria. It can't really be confused with anything else. It looks so dramatic and eye-catching. So that's what we're hoping now as we walk through Devil's Glen now in the darkness that with our head torches, perhaps it will light up. We're walking along a forest track with a few Spanish chestnuts and other interesting deciduous trees on either side. And behind them, a phalanx of conifers climbing up the hillside. I have come so ill-equipped with my rubbishy little torch. As darkness falls, the colours gradually grow muter, turning to shades of grey on their way to black. I have that giddy sense of anticipation you get when searching for something you crave. I'd love to get to see one of these fabled mushrooms in the wild. And tell me why you're particularly interested in the fly agaric. I think it attracts me in lots of levels. For one, I'm interested in all mushrooms and especially edible, medicinal or poisonous. But this mushroom is all three of those things. It's so edible, it's medicinal and it's poisonous. Yes. Plus, I quite like things that are controversial. And there's so many stories inside this mushroom. And perhaps one of the most interesting stories is the one about this mushroom and its relationship with Adam and Eve. When you go back through time, looking at even old frescoes painted in Roman Catholic churches, there's pictures of Adam and Eve and they're not holding an apple, they're holding an Amanita muscaria which is really interesting. Yeah. In some medieval images, the fly agaric is also depicted as the tree of life, which is perhaps an indication of its potency. In some cultures, it was used by shamans to create what they saw as a direct connection to the spirit world. And used for divining or telling the future. And rites of passage ceremonies, really fascinating stuff. So perhaps something that's perceived as so powerful is also then pushed down or people are told it's so toxic that you shouldn't even touch it. I think in early, early Irish times, mushrooms were considered a dirty thing that just appears on the ground and even the term toadstool. Well, they come out of poo. We see them in the field coming <laughs> out of cow manure. Some do, yeah, some do. And definitely they all come out of the ground. Well, most of them, except, and that is like the darkness. They come from the other underworld. Yeah, exactly. From the dark and the cold and the wet and the mud. We've now been walking for about 20 minutes and veer off the gravel path into the undergrowth. So we're going through really low underbrush now of old natural holly bushes with some baby bracken leaves, a little bit of birch and some scraggly conifers. Courtney scans the ground with her torch. The light glances off something pale and puffy with the shape of a round bread bun. It's a Boletus mushroom, the wrong type. But we're in the right area because they like to grow together. So I think if we keep looking around here now. We venture deeper into the brash and the branches. It's getting very Blair Witchy. We're in the pitch darkness except for Courtney's lamp. Our eyes sweeping constantly right and left for flashes of red. 
One interesting fact I think is really, really fascinating is that fungi are their own kingdom. There's the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom. However, animals and humans are more closely related to mushrooms than mushrooms are to plants. No. So mushrooms, mushrooms used to be called plants. They were in the plant kingdom before. Yeah. And now they have their own kingdom. But they're actually were more closely related to mushrooms than, than they are to plants. They don't have roots, but they do have mycelium, which is the underground network. So they're underneath us now? They're yes. throughout this woodland? Definitely. All over the place. And so there's times when trees communicate with each other and help each other out through the mycelial network. So if there's a group of trees and one of them is struggling and doesn't have enough light or doesn't have enough nutrients, the other trees can send that tree more nutrients to help keep it going through the mycelium. Whoa, so that could be happening now in this woodland beneath us. There could be this communication between these trees through the mushrooms, through the mycelium. Yeah, through the absolutely. There's so much to learn about this mushroom family. Like the fact that they contain two mind-altering substances which affect humans and other animals. And that they're called the fly agaric because people sometimes drop bits of it into milk to attract and kill flies. But a lot of what we hear about them is based on myth and often misleading. Like the idea that the fly agaric, the mushroom we're looking for, is deadly poisonous. It's in the family of the most deadly poisonous mushrooms, but it's not considered deadly poisonous. It would take a lot of abuse of this mushroom. You'd have to eat, they say, as much as 15 caps fresh to be a deadly dose, but some people think it's far higher than that. There hasn't been a reported case of death due to ingestion of Amanita muscaria for more than 100 years. Ah, OK, I thought it was a lot more dangerous, a lot more poisonous. I've spread so many wrong information about this mushroom already <laughs> in the past to people. We walk for another 20 minutes and we spot lots of mushrooms, but no red ones. Yeah, a lot of brown mushrooms, but nothing but anything purple or red, I mean. Then, oh, wait there. Courtney's lamp skims across a mushroom that has the same shape as our toadstool, but a different colour. If you want to come and look at this, this is a white amanita. The white amanita is in the same family as the fly agaric. But this one should strike fear in anybody who sees it. This is potentially one of the deadliest mushrooms in Ireland. And they're the most dangerous because, for one, you probably need a kidney transplant and a liver transplant to survive eating one. But they're also easily confused sometimes with field mushrooms if people aren't really looking at all the features. Wow. The night is gathering, and it's now too dark to see much of anything. Our mythical toadstool, the fly agaric, remains stubbornly elusive. I was on a mushroom walk today, and there was a man from Belarus, and he asked me if I'd ever heard the theory that the mushrooms know we're coming, because through the mycelium, and they can choose to hide and pop back underground, or they can pop up and say, here I am, <laughs> which I thought was very interesting. Uh, oh, they'd know you're coming because they'd sense us walking on the ground. Yeah. If their senses are everywhere, and they'd, and they'd hide. <laughs> well, they, it seems they've done that tonight. <laughs> I am in awe of these life forms that branch out in fan-like circles through the soil across the entire planet. 
Even just the symbiotic complexity of how they feed on the sugars produced by plants and then offer them water and nutrients in return. And how they'd recycle the detritus of woodlands and reinvigorate them. The world's largest known organism is a fungus, the Amarillaria ostoia. There's one in Oregon's Blue Mountains that's over 10 square kilometres in size and somewhere between 2,500 and 8,500 years old. And of course, for thousands of years, herbalists have known of their medicinal properties. And now pharmaceutical companies are finally cottoning on, realising their anti-cancer, antiviral, anti-inflammatory and anti-diabetic properties. And am I confusing it? So is this the one that is meant to be, the mushroom that's going to be so good for a sciatica, the, the thing that yes. cures? Yes, I've made a very potent medicine from it that I got from an old Finnish recipe that was taking the fresh caps and putting them in vodka and three drops on my spine when I was suffering sciatica and the pain disappeared. And maybe about three weeks later, the pain sort of came back, just a little niggling hint of the pain, and I repeated the three drops and didn't feel pain after that ever again. Right. So we should really be using this. We should know how to harvest it and how to make these medicines, or at least find someone who does know how to make these potions. Yeah, and I think knowledge is power there. I think if, if we weren't too scared to teach people because we assume the lowest common denominator, they're not difficult processes to understand. They've become even more alluring now that I've spent, are we, is that almost two hours? without finding anything. Okay, I will find it though. It's gonna be like my, um, it'll be like Captain Ahab. I should feel disappointed about not finding the fly agaric, and maybe I do a little, but I realize that learning some of what Courtney knows has got me closer. While so much of our mushroom knowledge died out in Ireland, we now have new citizens from all over the world living here who still do know. Eastern Europeans in particular recognise and understand their mushrooms. We should be seeking out their guidance. We head home. I guess so. Yeah. I'll probably find loads tomorrow. I'll send you some pictures. I'm out foraging all weekend. I have another group tomorrow and one on Sunday, so... I'll be out and about. I have all kinds of amazing pictures of them I found from emerging from the egg to fully grown. The Almanac of Ireland was presented by me, Moncon McGann, and produced by Colette Kinsella. It's a Red Hair Media production for RT Radio. <laughs>